0: Come on. Uh, powerful today. Thanks, Kyle. Man, I felt like the Lord was just speaking over us in worship today, singing over us. I could just feel such a, an atmosphere of uh, prophetic destiny, which sounds like a lot of religious words connected to each other. Maybe it doesn't seem very clear, but the Lord has so much for each and every one of us. You know, we, I was meditating on this the other day that we... Uh, God just continually surprises me with how awesome He is. And I, I get to know Him in new and different ways, and I think I've got Him figured out. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> and the Lord was just speaking, you know, words of prophetic destiny. I just believe for many of you, dreams that have been shelved, dreams that maybe seem like dead, dusty, dry bones, the Lord is just speaking over you today singing out with life, speaking over you. He's covering you with destiny. He's resurrecting some dead and broken things in your life. Dreams, hopes, maybe areas of hurt that you've, you've closed off to other people or closed off to God. The Lord is just opening those up. Man, what a, what a beautiful time in His presence. Beautiful time in His presence. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hey, Pastor Mark's going to come up and join us. We're bringing the eye candy in today. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, I'm breaking our microphone. Uh, awesome. Well, guys, uh, we are, we've been talking about our building project. How many of you know we're in a building project? There is no building without a building project. We are, uh, we are sitting in the fruit, the fruits of much love, much, uh, much giving, much generosity, much work, and much of this wonderful dear brother's planning and expertise. Can we give him a round of applause and thank him? So... My job is just to be the, the, the you know just be a, the sweet-talking pastor. But guys, honestly, this project would not even be here. We would not be sitting here without Pastor Mark. So I just want to thank him and his team and everybody. So appreciate you, Mark. And uh, today, you guys, we're talking about this building project. And we've been, if you, if you remember, we're doing our I'm in uh, with our, our uh, stickers. I think we still have some of those in the seat back pocket. If you haven't had a chance to, to do that, what we've been asking everybody is just to take an opportunity to pray. Um, how many of you think it's okay to pray? Uh, it's all right. It, in fact, I've never had anybody come to my office and sit down and they're just stressed and they say, Pastor, listen, I've just in too much prayer. Too much. Um, too much prayer. No, it's usually the opposite uh, thing, right? Uh, and so we're asking everybody to pray and, and ask God to put a sum of money on your heart to give to this project as we've been meditating and and praying and thinking about this building project over the past few weeks and months, and this next phase that we're entering into, phase two, I've I've really been thinking about Nehemiah. And I'd encourage everybody here, again, like nobody comes to my office and says I read the Bible too much, so you could actually add some Bible reading, right? We could all do that. Read the book of Nehemiah, okay? Over the next month or two, read the book of Nehemiah, because there's a, a project where Nehemiah, uh, gets a, a vision of the walls of Jerusalem broken down. They go back. He rallies everybody and they work on the walls. They rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And I think about, the, the there's a verse in, the, in Nehemiah where he says, and, and basically they got to, it, it was like 52 days, they completed the work. And, you know, I've been really just thinking about the fact that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It would be easy for us as a church to get comfortable and be like, well, now we're in here and we have walls, you know, well, they're not finished, but they're here. You know, uh, we're, we're kind of halfway or maybe a little bit more than halfway and then kind of to go well I'm, I'm out I'm done I'm not I'm not all in I'm sort of along for the ride you can't be along for the ride right uh we got to be part of this and uh and finish strong that's what is in my heart for us to do because the vision is yet for the future time we haven't seen we're in the seed planting time not the harvesting time come on
1: that's right
0: somebody we were talking to somebody the other day and and uh They were like, man, it's amazing because Joy Church, we started in a living room. There was like 20 people and now we're in this building and there's hundreds of us. That's awesome. It's the seed. Not the harvest, it's the seed, right? right. We're in the seed time. And so what God wants to do in our city, this building is now the the springboard. I went to gymnastics for like three weeks, okay? (laughs) And I got to jump on that springboard. All I wanted to do was jump on the trampoline, jump on the springboard. And then they were like, Listen, pork chop, you actually have to do like tumbling and stuff. I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to go play Halo. But, anyways, I saw that springboard, and this, this building is the springboard for what God, where He wants to take us. Amen? So, what we're going to do today is uh, I've asked Pastor Mark to share with us the, uh, the kind of the details and the scope of, of what was going on in our building project. So, Pastor Mark.
2: All right. So, So, those guys, we're time to make that happen. We are free of red and orange. On the popsicles,
0: right. yeah, on the That's popsicle right. sticks, yeah. Uh,
2: but uh, I wanted to start off just by mentioning a couple of things. Do you realize that we, to get where we are so far, we've spent $1,150,000 to get to, to where we are right now. And um, that happened, $850,000 of that came in from you and me. Um, God miraculously, through us, brought in a ton of money. Some of that came in through grants, through regal rent that we didn't have to spend because of COVID. Thank you, Lord. And and some other things, tithes and offerings over and above what we needed to operate, help pay for this building. Uh, And so we have a zero. this room, and most of you were here sweat, sweating for Jesus and, and bleeding for Jesus in some cases. But, Getting um, tetanus for Jesus, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jake was, was one of them. God spared his life for his God. That's he's helping out here. That's, that's a story we won't get into right now because it involved me. Anyway, but, uh, uh, but I want to thank Kelly King and people like yeah. um, Gary Frost and Guy Harris. Those are just three contractors that, that really went way over the top that we wouldn't be here without mm-hmm. them. But then there's some of you guys, and, and I'm not even going to mention all of the many, many, many volunteers like Frank Keflin and, you know, Bruce Evelyn and et cetera, et cetera. Greg Dasso and Ed, Ed Dasso and Jeff Cluard. Anyway, but uh, some of you couldn't volunteer physically, but you prayed and you gave. So again, thank you so much. We're in this together, as Jake said. So where are we right now? So I don't know if you guys want to bring up that slide because I want to just kind of show you. I'm not going to read all of this. Um, well, that's a great picture. That's what our stage. That's an idea of what the stage will look like. And I don't know if you. Obviously, noticed. our
0: worship team all has coordinated dance moves. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, Kelly and company have been. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's some boards up above here and there, and there's some orange paint on the wall behind this screen. So we are moving forward. Our permit is in, um, but bring up the next slide that shows the numbers guys. Okay. There we go. So, um, we for phase two, um, it is looking like it's going to be about $700,000. I'm going to go through all these, uh, descriptions here, but there you can see how it is all broken down. So we, uh, that's what it's going to take. Um, There's a few things that may change up or down because we don't actually have bids on a couple of the things yet, but, but it's pretty, it's a pretty good idea. And that's for phase two, which is going to finish this room, the kitchen and the sanctuary and all the video and audio stuff and the fireplace, Lord willing. But um, so where are we? Um, We so far, we have paid about $20,000 down uh, for our architect engineering and permits. We've also Put a down payment on the video sound lighting system of $74,000, and that came out of our operating capital. But our operating capital is getting down there. And so um, th- what they're working on right now, they're working on this week, is our heating and air conditioning system. And so we're going to be getting a bill here another month or so for $148,000. Hallelujah! <laughs> 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 Woo! So. That, as Pastor Jake said, we know that hey, the job's not over yet. We got to finish strong, and we need to pray and, and really say, Okay, God, I'm in. And uh, yeah. actually, the thought that crossed my mind again was um, you know, Jesus invited Peter to walk on the water, right? Jesus invited him to do something that was impossible, but he had to get out of the boat. He had to say yes to Jesus. And so, I think God wants. stretch our faith and be willing to say, okay, God, what are you speaking to me and what are you asking me to do? And will we say yes? And so that's my challenge to everybody, um, that we, we can do this together. God's brought us this far. There's so many miracles yeah. that have brought us this far. So many miracles on every front. So I believe he's going to do that uh, for phase two. And so on my prayer also is that we all are going to be able to say, God did I stepped yeah. out, I, I responded to what God said, and God moved. So that's, that's my, my prayer. That's
0: awesome, that's great. How many of you guys appreciate just kind of getting the inside look and seeing how things are, are going? And one of the things I want to say about this project management is that we, you know, Pastor Mark has gone above and beyond to not only find the best quality but also the best price. And so the management of this project has been stellar as far as cost management, because I don't know if anybody's ever built a house or remodeled or done anything, but costs, they tend to go up, not down, uh, and uh, things can get out of hand, and, and we've, we've done a, a really good job, you know, the team that's managed this has done a really good job keeping the scope of this project in a, in a place where uh, the costs aren't just out of control, you know, it's not just like, well, get a bid, and whatever they say, that's what it is. We're really being faithful to steward the finances of the house, um, and, and what, this resource that we have as a community is so incredible uh, based on the cost that we're investing. Um, so what we're what I'd like to ask you guys to do is is these these needs or these these bills that are coming in, um, we are trusting in God 100%. We're believing in God 100%. We're moving forward in, in faith. But we do have, like you said, bills coming in, 148000 very soon. And we've basically at this point exhausted our construction and finance budget. We have a little bit for the down payments and things, but in order to keep the project moving, we've got to step up to the plate. That makes sense? And so what we're asking is again, pray. And if and, and if you wanna pledge, we have some pledge cards that are available. Do we put those in the seat back pockets? The pledge cards are in the seat back pocket. And if you could pull that out, even today, next week, the week after, and make a pledge so that we as the finance team have an opportunity to look at kind of where we're at so we can make you know good commitments. We, we've always, Mark has led the way on this. We really want to be honorable as a church to not ever just have a spiritual perspective because contractors can't um, cash spiritual uh, perspectives at the <laughs> bank when they want to feed their family. How many of you appreciate your boss not being like, well, I, I intend to pay you, but they actually do, right? So we don't, we're not going to be like, well, in faith we're going to pay you, contractor. No, we're, we're going to actually pay them in the natural Right, Believing that God will provide. And so we don't want to start projects and and move forward unless we have the resources there in order to actually have integrity with the people we do business with. How many of you think that's good? Honesty and integrity. We could use more of that uh, in our day and age. So that being said, we're asking if God puts something in your heart to give, if possible, to to give it before the end of July. Because that's kind of our time frame for some of the major uh, bills coming up. Obviously, if, if, if he doesn't speak to you, then don't. And if uh, you can't, then don't, right? This is about doing it in faith. We don't do it in fear, and we don't do it out of compulsion. We're, we're giving out of the abundance and the overflow of what God's done in us. What I will say, though, is that I have never, and Bethany would agree with me here, we've given generously to this project, to other projects, to other things, and God has never left us high and dry. He's never, ever not abundantly blessed us above and beyond what we've ever given. And that goes back to, you know, I'm in my uh, late, and that goes back to when I was a teenager and beginning to tithe and give. God has never, ever let me down. He's always been faithful as I've tithed and given. And so I want to encourage you, if this is an area that, that you need to unlock in your discipleship, what a great opportunity to make an investment in the kingdom of heaven. You know, we buy stocks, we own Amazon, Apple, all these companies that when, are going to fade away someday, Right? Let's make investments in the kingdom of heaven, which does not fade away. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths do not eat and thieves do not steal and rust does not destroy. We're going to be investing in this project as a family because we're set, storing up treasures in heaven and we're excited about what God's doing here. Amen? Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Thank you. Great. Give him a hand. You guys, you guys want to grab that? Is that all right? Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, let's uh, get your... Uh, Get your Bibles out or your digital Bibles. Unfortunately, there was a run on Fruit by the Foot. I guess some church bought all the boxes of Fruit by the Foot that were available within a 50-mile radius. That was us. And uh, we don't have any. So how many of you feel like you can't really receive today unless you get Fruit by the Foot? I mean, it's just, I'll pray for you, okay? I'll, Lord bless them, help them, heal them. Today we're talking about the Fruit of the Spirit. We've been in this series for the past few weeks, and we're going to finish it off uh, in a couple of weeks, but we 're going through each of the fruits of the spirit. Now let me ask you this: I 'm at full transparency. Every week, when I preach on one of these fruits, I am deeply tested in these areas. <laughs> Last week, I was preaching on patience. My goodness, I had an impatient week. And today I 'm preaching about kindness. <laughs> and I, I, I have to be uh, honest that I don't think I was the most kind this week, and I struggled with being kind. How many of you know? It's striving or thriving, right? It's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit. So I'm like, Lord, there's not really much more I want to do less than preach on kindness this week. Because I feel like an utter failure. How many of you would go, yeah, when I think about these fruits. But he brought me back to the fact that it's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit. So the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives. Where the Spirit flows, the good fruit grows. Let's talk about kindness. Kindness. talk about kindness. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The Holy Spirit wants to produce the fruit of kindness inside of us. You know, it's interesting. We live in a very unkind world. We live in the most connected world of human history. Uh, We all have social media Facebook, and you see people all the time, I'm taking a break from Facebook. It was meant to be a place to connect with friends and family, to share life and enjoy each other. And as we do with most things as human beings, we've turned the greatest time of human connectivity into another way to be middle school bullies to each other. And to call each other names and to criticize and argue about politics and all of that kind of stuff. And it's interesting, you know, as a parent with my children, probably the dearest desire of my heart, other than that, they would leave Bethany and I alone when it's bedtime. But, you know, beyond that, the dearest desire of my heart is that my kids would love each other, that they would love each other. You know, and I tell them all the time, hey, you are going to be brother and sister, you know, sister and sister, brother and sister for the rest of your lives. Like this relationship is something to treasure, not to trash, uh, and, and that's my heart for them. And yet, you know, we deal with all the battles and the infighting and the, you know, all that kind of stuff on a daily basis. But I want, you know, I want my kids to learn kindness. I want them to learn how to, how to treat each other the way God would treat them. And I believe God, and I know God, has the same value and, and vision for our world. The world we live in now is not the world God intended it to be, right? When you go back to the Garden of Eden, God in, intended a world that was good where there, there wasn't this uh, stratification, this brokenness of sin, and we live in a time where kindness is sort of at a premium and that, that people aren't very kind. And if there is kindness, it's kind of like what Shakespeare said is the milk of human kindness. It's almost got a hook attached. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, there'll be, somebody will be very nice to you when you go to the car dealership and you're like a prospect. Man, they're kind. You know what I mean? Wow, man, nice shoes. Ooh, bro, I like your haircut. Ooh, you look good. Jews, wait. No, thanks, but um, I didn't. Uh, but I, uh, you know. And then when, you, when you're not a buyer, well, I don't have time for you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So in our world, even, even kindness sometimes is used as a bartering chip. It's a way to get what I want, so I'll be nice, be kind. But that's not what kindness is when we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, when you actually look at this Greek word here, in uh, this passage, the word is crestos kre- or krestos, and it means useful. It means useful. It means good and useful. It means eternally useful. It means you're actually good for something. It's interesting because we uh, talk about kindness and we kind of think of it as niceness. We don't really have an equivalent word in English. We kind of mean if you're kind, well, you're kind of nice. That's what it means that you're nice, right? That's what we think of when we think of being kind. Somebody, you know, steps on your toe at McDonald's and you go, "Oh, it's okay and you're being kind. Well, yes and no. Yes, that, that is kind to not react at someone or yes, it's kind to you know, compliment someone on their haircut or something like that. But that's sort of politeness, and that's not what this word is saying. The fruit of the Holy Spirit of kindness, is actually saying that you are good for the world because of what you're bringing into each situation and each transaction. This word krestos is richer. It means well-suited, good-natured. You're the right tool for the job. You fit like a glove. You're useful in that situation. And the Tyndale Bible Dictionary says this, kindness is the state of being that includes the attributes of loving affection, sympathy, friendliness, patience, pleasantness, Gentleness and goodness. Kindness is a quality shown in the way a person speaks and acts. And it is more volitional, that is to say, of the will, than it is emotional, that is to say, of how I feel from time to time. This definition captures some of what kindness is, but kindness is still so much more than this. But it's, it's not a feeling. It's not, a, it's not an emotion. Oh, I felt kind, so I decided to be nice today. That's sort of the shallow end of the pool. The deep end of the pool is making a choice to actually bring value into the world by seeing people. I want you to catch this. By seeing people and treating people as God sees them and as he would treat them. I want you to think about your dearest love. You know, for me, my dearest love is the Lord, number one. But my dearest love on this planet is my beautiful wife, Bethany, and my three children. There is nothing that matters more than those Four people, uh, and yet probably the hardest people I struggle with to be patient and kind and good and gentle and all that with, right? But I love them very dearly, and I think about my children. Uh, what if they were in a situation where they were down and out, addicted, you know, busted flat in Baton Rouge, you know what I mean? Like, what would I do if my kid, my son, my daughter uh, was in, in deep need. I would want someone to have a little bit of the same love that I have for them. What if my daughter was caught up in some relationship and was in some place and some guy or whatever and I'm not even going to go into this but you know what I'm saying? What, what if, what would I want? I would want a, a follower of Jesus to show up and treat her the way that her dad would treat her and how much more when we think about God how he sees my children, how he loves them. Think about your dearest love. How do you see them? You see them, yes, in their weaknesses and their flaws and their brokenness, but you don't. Believe, that's not how you see them. You see them as they really are. You see their potential. You see their value. You see the love that you have for them. Does that make sense? And so this is the fruit of kindness, treating people how God would treat them and how God sees them. Aren't you glad that God sees you as he made you to be, not as you have made yourself out to be? That he sees you as the work of art. We're, we're, talk, we're, we're spoken of in Ephesians chapter two as God's masterpiece. Come on, this beautiful work of art. And you're like, I know I am. I'm working on my abs. No, that's not it. I'm talking about you're a masterpiece because you are lovingly crafted, formed and fashioned by the hand of God. Come on, you, you are wonder, fearfully and wonderfully made. That is how God sees you. And that is why God treats us with kindness. I want to give you three points today. Number 1, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It says in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness, his Christos, his eternally useful, well-suited, I see you as I've made you to be, his kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God is not kind to us Just to be nice, he has purpose in us and it's his kindness that calls us to repent. The word repent means to turn from the way you're going and do a 180 and go the opposite direction. In the Greek language, it's the word metanoia, the changing of the mind. To repent is to go, I was going this direction, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to forsake my ways. God's kindness to us, this forbearance, his continuance of not letting his judgment fall on us, is because of His great kindness, and, it, and its job is to turn us to repentance. In the book of Titus, chapter 3, it says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done. In other words, not because we earned it, because we were owed, because we were so cool or whatever. No. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. God's uh, kindness demonstrates His mercy, leads us to Repentance. The reality is that because of our sin, what we've done that misses the mark, that we've hurt God, hurt other people, and hurt ourselves. because of our sin, we deserve God's wrath, but He treats us instead with kindness. And it's interesting because when you go through Galatians 5 and you look at all the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. And so these fruits, these are attributes and character traits of God Himself. God is patient. God is kind. God is good. He is long-suffering. The Holy Spirit produces this because He's developing in us the character and nature of God Himself, the character and nature of Christ. And His kindness leads us to repentance. I'm going to be uh, singing a song for you, spoiler alert, we're doing musical theater today, but talking about kindness. But I want you to understand the deep kindness of God towards you, that when He sees you, He has a smile on His face Because he loves you, he created you in his own image, and he wants to bring you into right relationship with him. The beauty of the gospel is in contrast to the darkness and depth of our depravity, and yet God chooses to be kind to us. It's beautiful. His kindness leads us to repentance. And so on. We go to number two, that our kindness, why should we be kind? Our kindness leads others to God. Pastor Craig Rochelle tells this story. He says, Many years ago, my wife Amy bumped into a car that had just started to turn and then stopped. She and the driver both got out and looked, but they didn't see any real damage. The police came by and said neither was to blame and let them both go on their way since there was no damage. However, a few days later, the man who had been driving the car called us and said there had been minor damage after all, and that fixing it would cost several hundred dollars. A little fishy, right? We were stunned and didn't know what to do. On one hand, it seemed unlikely there was any damage done. The police didn't even file a report. On the other, though, we wanted to do our best to represent Christ for this man and his family. So we paid the money he requested, which was quite a lot for us at the time. Fast forward 17 years to a recent moment when Amy and I were coming out of church. A young woman came up to us, introduced herself and said, when I was six years old, you accidentally hit our car. My dad asked for some money to fix it, and you not only gave it to us, but you acted so kindly and were so loving. Our family eventually started coming to your church, and it has been life-changing, so thank you. You never know the way you act today, how the way you act today could be used by God to change the lives of others tomorrow. Kindness today is a seed being planted for the, the, the harvest that God wants to bring in our lives. Many times when I'm out about in the city and I'm, you know, a couple weeks ago we were out, or not weeks ago, I guess it was last week, we're out and somebody goes, hey, TV, Joy Church. I'm like, talking to me? Oh yeah, I'm the pastor of Joy Church. You know, and people see me on TV because we do commercials and I forget. I don't really like to be um, noticed in public. In fact, I don't like it. So uh, anyways, yes, people go, hey, I wanna be rich and famous. I just wanna be rich. I wanna be rich and anonymous. Anybody else? (laughs) Yeah, rich and anonymous, right? Be the guy with like $2 million in gold buried in his backyard. <laughs> no, anyways. <clears throat> uh, so anyways, people will recognize me and, I, and, I, and it reminds me, you, you need to be nice. You need to be kind. You need to be good. You need to be patient. If you're out, not just because, oh, people are watching, but like it's the right thing to do because you never know what seeds are being planted. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Kindness is planting a seed. Alexander McLaren said, kindness makes a person attractive. This is true. Did you know it was actually a survey done? They surveyed, I think, like 30,000 people, and I can't remember the name of the study, but they surveyed 30,000 people. They said, what is the most attractive quality in a potential mate? And overwhelmingly, the thing was they're kind. So if you're looking for a mate, dating advice right there be kind. It's actually true, though. You don't have to be the hottest, the richest, the fittest, whatever. You can actually, kindness is very powerful. Kindness makes a person attractive, Alexander McLaren says. If you would win the world, melt it. Do not hammer it. How many of you guys in here today would be like me and go, I need to learn this. I need to, to warm, get a little bit warmer and melt people with the kindness of God rather than hammer them with truth. You know, it, it's crazy. You'd think that after years and years and years of yelling at the other side of the political aisle that if your, your side was going to win, it would have already won. But we basically are in the equivalent of ideological World War I, trench warfare, where we run out, we you know, throw gas at the other side, uh, they you know, take one in the chin, and then it goes back the other way, and we are all living in trenches. So what if we decided to take a different tack? Well, yeah, but they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, which side? That side. Their side. Whose side? The other one. <laughs> to you. <laughs> but we're all wrong because, and we're all, we're all eating the fruit of unkindness. Yeah. So what if we took a different tack, people of God, kingdom of God, and we said, I'm not against them. It's like when Joshua was coming into the promised land and the angel of the Lord appeared and he, Joshua said, well, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the angel of the Lord said, no. I'm for neither side. I'm for myself, <laughs> right? How many of you think that we could use some kindness in our culture and win the world with kindness? And here's the deal. When you look at this word kind in Greek, uh, it means useful. And the, 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 the opposite side of this is that being unkind is never useful even to our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, anybody can love their friends and and do good for those that do good for them. But I want you to love your enemies. Why? Because there's divinity in kindness. There's something holy and pure and wonderful in being kind. And our kindness can turn other people to God. That is the mark of a Christian, that the love and the kindness of God that he shows to us in every moment, every day, flows through us, and touches other people. And this leads me to my last point, number three, that kindness is the heart of the gospel. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We are all beneficiaries of God's kindness. Raise your hand if you're a beneficiary of God's kindness. Come on. He's uh, given it to us. What's amazing is that God doesn't relate to us in our brokenness. He sees us as we were made to be. God comes and finds us in our state of disarray, and he brings us into fruitfulness, and he sets us in pleasant places. He brings us and gives us a seat at his table. There's a a story in the Bible, and it's so beautiful. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible about a man named Mephibosheth, which is a terrible name to give your child. So don't, don't name your kid Mephibosheth, but Mephibosheth was about four years old when his dad was killed. Um, Mephibosheth uh, was the son of Jonathan, and if you know the story in the Bible about David and Jonathan, David was going to become king of Israel. Jonathan was Saul, the existing king's son. They were very good friends, but, you know, they kind of had a doomed friendship because Jonathan, you know, had to stay loyal to his father, but he wouldn't betray David, and he tells David, please, you know, be kind. You're going to be king, and Be kind to my family and, you know, remember me. And Jonathan ends up dying in battle. And when he does, um, there's this great, you know, fear and everything going on. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 4, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. And so in this story, I'm going to go back here to the piano here and play this song for you guys. But... In the story of Mephibosheth, uh, he is left in this state of brokenness. And years later, David says, I want to be kind to my friend Jonathan. Is there anybody remaining of his line? And somebody says, yes, Mephibosheth. And so David goes and he has Mephibosheth come to him. And he not only doesn't wipe out this rival king's lineage, but he actually says, I'm going to bring you into my house. And I'm going to give you a place at my table. And Mephibosheth lived out the rest of his days at the table
1: of the king. Check, check.
0: So this song is based on that story. And just let the Lord kind of speak to you. We're going to put the words up on the, uh, on the screen.
1: I was shattered by the fall Broken and forgotten Feeling lost and all alone Summoned by the King to the Master's courts Lifted by the Savior and Cradled in His arms I was carried to the table where I don't belong Carried to the table Swept away by His love And I don't see my brokenness anymore When I'm seeing the table of the Lord, I'm carried to the table, the table of the Lord, fighting thoughts of fear, wondering why you called my name, am I good enough? Share this cup, this world has left me lame. Even in my weakness, the Savior called my name. In his holy presence, I'm healed and unashamed. And carried to the table. Say Love the Lord, even in my weakness, the Savior called my
0: that you'd be moved by the kindness of the Lord. That we get what we don't deserve. His mercy, His grace. What gets to me is the fact that not only does He forgive us of our sin, but He invites us to come to His table. Because how many of you think that We deserve time out, you know, be put in the doghouse. Hey, you're forgiven. You don't you're not gonna go to hell, but, but basically you can wait outside until you're acceptable. Get yourself cleaned up before you come on inside. But that's not what he does. He carries us to the table and we get to sit at his feast and enjoy all of his goodness and riches. How many of you are excited about that? You know, this morning, I want to invite anybody here today that wants to put their faith in Jesus and receive this love that God has for you. This is a great moment to decide to follow Jesus. So if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand so I can see with every head bowed, every eye closed. Just lift up your hand. Anybody here? Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else here today, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving your life for me at the cross. And thank you for inviting me to your table. I give you my life.
1: I give you my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.